I'm Sarah Cunniff, a partner in the Asset Management and Investment Funds Group here in Arthur Cox, and this is our new podcast series, which we hope you'll find useful. You may know that we initiated at the start of the lockdown in March 2020, regular webinars to keep in touch with our clients, the director community and our contacts. The purpose of this podcast is to provide you with these updates in a revised format. So what we've done here is to provide an extract of the recording of the specific webinar on the Central Bank Thematic Review on Liquidity Risk Management, which was broadcast on the 29th of May 2020, and in which Dara Harrington discussed these requirements. Of course, there have been some developments since the webinar was broadcast. So at the end of the podcast, I'll be joined by one of my partners, Tara O'Reilly, and she'll provide some more detail on what has been happening since the time the webinar was first broadcast. In May 2020, the Central Bank commenced the second stage of its thematic review of USIT's liquidity risk management, which was conducted as part of ESMA's Common Supervisory Action on Liquidity Risk Management. It's always been a requirement for Irish fund management companies to manage liquidity risks, but a detailed framework reflecting the ESMA guidelines on liquidity risk management needed to be documented by Irish fund management companies by September 2020. So thanks, Dara, for joining me on today's webinar. Perhaps I could just set the scene. So the Central Bank has issued a second stage of its thematic review of the USIT's liquidity management, which is being conducted as part of ESMA's Common Supervisory Action. We thought it would be useful to examine the types of information the Central Bank has requested, as the scope of the questions is really quite far-reaching. These questions will have been framed by ESMA and we think they may represent the best in class practices with regard to liquidity management. So not all of the questions would be relevant to all Irish fund management companies. Obviously, obviously liquidity risk management is an existing requirement for Irish fund management companies. And it's a framework which needs to be adapted and documented to reflect the ESMA requirements by September 2020, particularly to reflect the stress testing. We think some of these questions may be useful for Irish fund management companies to take into account when they are amending the liquidity risk management framework required to be put in place by ESMA by that September 2020 deadline. So perhaps Dara, first you could just remind us of the background to this common supervisory action. Sure, Sarah, and, and hello everyone. Um, as, as many of you will recall, ESMA announced on the 30th of January that it would be undertaking a so-called Common Supervisory Action, or CSA. And what this essentially is, is a coordinated thematic review with national regulators across the EU this year in respect of liquidity risk management. The CSA is a two-stage process, with the first stage having commenced on the 6th of February when the central bank requested quantitative data from most, if not all, uh, Irish users fund management companies to get an overview of the supervisory risks faced in respect of liquidity management. This involved completing a detailed online questionnaire uh, by the 25th of March, uh, which was a tight deadline in the circumstances given that the COVID-19 pandemic had recently struck. Subsequently, the central bank issued its own separate shorter questionnaire to Irish fund management companies on the use of liquidity management tools such as redemption gates, suspensions, anti-dilution levies and so forth. And it's clear that liquidity will continue to be a key focus uh, of regulators both at a domestic level, so with the central bank, uh, and also at a European level by ESMA. 
Thanks, Tara. So who received the request for the information in the second stage? So at this stage, the central bank has focused on a, a smaller cohort of, of user fund management companies, including SMIC. So, so it is, it is a, a, a narrower group of uh, fund management companies that have received the, the questionnaire. It is a more in-depth assessment uh, of the liquidity risk management frameworks that those fund management companies um, employ. And could you explain what's the deadline for the information request? So the request that we've seen there, um, fund management companies must provide uh, additional information to the central bank by the, the 3rd of June. So it seems that fund management companies have been given in around two weeks to respond. But as, as we will see, and as we go through the discussion, based on the, the, the detail and volume of information requested, that, that is a very tight deadline for people to pull together responses. And what's the purpose of the review, Dara? The purpose of the review, broadly speaking, I think is threefold. But firstly, to assess whether fund management companies comply with their liquidity management obligations. Secondly, to focus on fund management companies' compliance with the applicable rules and to assess whether their policies and procedures are appropriately applied in practice. And then finally, to investigate whether there's a mismatch between redemption policies and liquidity profiles of the funds under management uh, by those fund management companies. And before we get into the detail, Dara, could you provide an overview of the type of information the central bank has requested? Sure. The central bank is seeking information on various topics, which we will go into further detail on during the course of the webinar. Um, but at a very high level, the topics are Pre, the pre-investment liquidity analysis, so that's including liquidity forecasts, ongoing liquidity management assessments, governance and control mechanisms, the accuracy and reliability of data sources, investor disclosure on liquidity risk, and then finally the, the impact of COVID-19. And the central bank stated in its cover letter that where a fund has already identified risks or issues that may be relevant to the scope of the liquidity review, the inspection team may consider these issues as being self-identified issues if the plans are already in place to address them and correct the identified issues. So what should funds do about this when responding to the central bank? I think this is consistent, Sarah, with the message that has come from the central bank throughout the um, the, the lockdown period, if you like, and that's to engage early and, and transparently, transparently with them on issues identified. So I, the first thing to do, I think, is to consider and, and take advice, if appropriate, on whether something rises to the level of a self-identified issue. If it is, the fund management company sh should advise the central bank of the details of the issue and any associated mitigation plans which the fund management company is in the process of implementing. So before we get into the detail, perhaps you could give us an idea of the nature of the questions. Sure, that there are 42 questions in all. They are very detailed. And the central bank has highlighted that where a response refers to a particular document, it should attach a copy of the document and also include a reference to the name of the document and the relevant page number. And I see on the questions that they've actually highlighted where supporting evidence is required. So let's go through some of the questions yeah. now. And the first set of questions relate to liquidity analysis before an investment is made. So can you give an idea of the questions around this area of concern? Sure. So, so I think on, 
on, on, absolutely. On, on the, the, the pre-investment analysis, Central Bank has asked for a description of when and how a fund management company measures the liquidity of a potential investment and determines if it's sufficiently liquid concerning the overall liquidity profile of the units and its redemption policies and liabilities. Central Bank asks whether the fund management company gives special consideration to, to less liquid assets, such as high yield or, or less liquid bonds, smaller mid-cap equities, or, or emerging market investments. The Central Bank asks for copies of the most recent liquidity analysis performed for each asset class. It has also asked for details of factors and scenarios that are considered when formulating liquidity forecasts before investing in a given asset. And the Central Bank ask for the most recent copies of liquidity forecasts made with one example for each asset class. I think going back to your observation, Sarah, at the start of the webinar, you know, fund management companies may not necessarily have a document titled liquidity forecast. So I think in compiling responses to the questionnaire, it does require thoughtful consideration of what types of documents are responsive to this question, even if they're not you know, directly titled liquidity forecast or, or directly considered to be on point. So the central bank asked how a fund evaluates the number of days needed to liquidate a potential investment. How is this information to be provided to the bank? So the, so the format of the response there, I think that the central bank is, is really looking for, so I suppose firstly, a description of how this evaluation is conducted by asset types. So broken down, for example, by you know, bonds, equities, derivatives, and so forth. And, and also by, by trading place or, or trading venue. And if backtesting is done of any liquidity forecast, it has requested copies of the most recent backtesting reports covering those asset classes. So the central bank also requested information about what assets a fund will not invest in. And this is a question, like I mentioned earlier, that may not be relevant to all uses, as typically they have a list of assets to be included in a portfolio rather than a list of assets not to be invested in. Can you explain what it re requested yeah. Sure, and, and as you say, this may not be relevant in all cases, but the central bank has, has asked for a list of assets with, with specific liquidity characteristics uh, that would mean that they belong to these negative lists and, and details then about how this list is developed and updated and, and what additional liquidity analysis or forecasts are to be carried out in those cases. And the central bank asked for some detail in relation to investments in derivatives specifically. Could you, could you explain what they're looking for here? Sure. In the case of derivatives, it, it has asked for details of the, the characteristics of the, the payoffs, the formulae, margin requirements, and the underlying of the derivatives and how, how they're taken into account when assessing liquidity. Similarly, it has asked what, what analysis and forecasts are conducted on the liquidity of the, the collateral linked to that derivative position. The central bank also queried in relation to asset classes where there, there is no investment forecast or liquidity analysis, for example, because the asset may be sufficiently liquid and it's listed or traded on a regulated market. What did the central bank ask in relation to these types of assets? Yes, I, th I think this is an interesting one. So, so the central bank has, has asked I suppose firstly, which asset classes, lists of markets and scenarios this applies to? So this, this presumption, if you like, of liquidity, you know, does, does it only apply to, to specific instruments that are listed or admitted to trading in, in certain jurisdictions? And if the fund management companies 
um, processes allow for, for such a, a presumption of liquidity, does the company then check whether there is information available that would displace that liquidity presumption and would then indicate the need for pre-investment forecasts and the analysis of liquidity? And then finally, the central bank has asked what type of analysis or monitoring activities does the fund management company perform after an initial investment is made so that the fund management company continues to satisfy itself that the assets remain liquid? And the central bank referred to the season now ESMA guidelines concerning eligible assets for investment by usage. What is it looking for here? Yes, it, it, it's focused here on, on how the investment and risk processes of the fund management company take account of the liquidity indicators referenced in those guidelines. And, it, and it's requested documentary evidence then backing up that, that analysis. So to recap, the, the liquidity indicators in those uh, guidelines are the following. So the volume and turnover in the relevant security. If the, the price of the security is determined by supply and demand in the market, what is the issue size, the portion of the issue that the manager plans to buy, and also what evaluation is done of the opportunity and time frame to, to buy or sell the security. Where necessary, an independent analysis of bid and offer prices over a period of time may indicate that the relative liquidity of the, of the security, as may the comparability of available prices. The guidelines also say that in assessing the quality of secondary market activity in a particular security, analysis of the quality and number of intermediaries and market makers dealing in the security concerned should be considered. Central Bank's questionnaire does ask for a similar analysis then to be undertaken for, for money market instruments. So the, the central, these, are, these questions have always focused on the liability side of liquidity so far. Can you give an indication of the kind of questions the central bank has asked in relation to the asset side? Sure, so I suppose uh, what we're really focused on here is, you know, on, on the, the kind of the, the liability side of the, the liquidity equation. So how is the, the ongoing liquidity risk management process designed to ensure at all times that there's an alignment between the redemption policy of the fund and its liquidity profile? How does the fund management company consider current and future liabilities? How does it assess and model future redemption requests? Is, is that a, a historic analysis? Uh, looking at historic patterns and behaviours, or is it more theoretic uh, or implemented through the use of modelling? How does the fund management company consider factors such as investor concentration or significant holdings by investors in, in a particular units? The, the types of investors that are involved and, and how that may uh, be predictive of particular redemption behaviour. What the historical statistics of redemptions have been, what the characteristics are of distribution channels and the quality of all of that data. And then finally, with what frequency does a fund management company carry out this, this uh, liability side analysis? Is there a set of thresholds or indicators that trigger alerts and prompt a more in-depth analysis? And the central bank also asked what considerations are taken into account when considering the sale of assets. Could you explain how that needs to be addressed? Sure, so, so a lot of the focus here is obviously on the, the, the pre-investment uh, liquidity analysis. Um, but the central bank has also asked, you know, where, where a fund management company does uh, decide to, to sell assets, you know, what, what analysis is done uh, of the impact of that decision on the overall liquidity risk profile of the units. 
and the, the fund management company is asked to elaborate on any differences in approach uh, taken between a divestment of a highly liquid asset and, and a less liquid asset. And the central bank asks what data sources a fund uses in assessing liquidity. Why is that relevant? Not a huge amount of colour here, but, but I think what the central bank is hoping to achieve here is to understand, obviously, fund management companies base their analyses on a variety of, of uh, data and, and different data sources. And what the central bank wants to understand is how does the fund management company ensure or test the reliability of that data and, and how accurate that, that, that data is. And the central bank asked for a description of which teams or units within a fund's organisation are involved in the various processes relating to risk management and asked what is their precise role in each step of the process. Perhaps you could expand on this for us, Dara. Sure, and this is, I mean, this is, you know, uh, resonates a lot with all of the discussions we've heard over the, over the last while in relation to CP86 and, and, and appropriate governance. So Central Bank is asking fund management companies to elaborate in detail on the interaction between the risk management and portfolio management functions. It asks whether a risk committee exists, and if it does, uh, at what frequency does it meet, and what, what is its role? It asks how often has it considered liquidity risk management issues in 2018 and 2019? And what is the decision-making and escalation process within the fund management company for the processes uh, described in, in the, the foregoing answers? In particular, I think the, the role of the, the designated persons is, is, is key here. So I think there would be some focus in the answers on the role in particular of the, the designated person for, for fund risk management. Moving then, I think, from, from overall governance to just understanding how this um, oversight and decision-making process operates in practice, Central Bank asks what are the, the criteria, limits, and or thresholds that would trigger an escalation, and then asks for copies of uh, the latest cases of uh, a triggering of, of the escalation process. Central Bank has indicated in the questionnaire that it would expect uh, senior management and, and the board to receive regular reports on liquidity risk management. And it asks, you know, how often does that happen? Is that on a, a monthly, quarterly, half yearly, annual basis or less frequently? Every fund management company is going to have a different approach to this, but I think certainly a baseline would be looking for uh, quarterly board reporting on liquidity risk issues. Obviously, there'll be intra-quarter activity um, by the designated person and at least monthly reporting on that front, we would have thought in most cases. And obviously, if material liquidity risk issues do arise during a quarter, that there would be escalation to, to prompt reporting to the board if there's a material issue, for example, if consideration of the application of liquidity risk management tools uh, required. The central bank has also asked for copies of, of the last three reports sent to senior management and the board on the effectiveness of the liquidity risk management process. And finally, has also asked um, fund management companies to describe the role that the compliance and internal audit functions, um, depositories and external auditors, uh, the role they play in identifying and reporting potential shortcomings relating to liquidity risk management. And the central bank also asked about the considerations to be taken into account in the design phase of establishing a new sub fund. Could you explain that one? Sure, and, and this 
is clearly linked, I suppose, to, to the recent central bank seminar on, on the gatekeeper role it, it performs, where it emphasised the importance of uh, fund management company boards being involved at an early stage in the fund establishment and, and product design phase. So the central bank has, has asked uh, fund management companies to explain how the fund management company considers the characteristics uh, of a new user in terms of its liquidity. So redemption periods, liquidity tools, and so forth. It asks what, what factors are taken into account in putting together that, that the product terms. It's asked for a description of the functioning of any new products committee, if that's relevant, and providing the relevant policies and procedures for such a new products committee. Where a fund management company does not use such a committee, it is asked to submit policies and procedures for the product design phase um, at a board level. And what did the central bank request in terms of disclosures to investors? It has asked for details of, of disclosures made to investors with regard to liquidity risk and liquidity risk management. I think it's fair to say that, broadly speaking, uh, most uh, users would have at least general market and liquidity risks disclosed in their prospectuses and key investor information documents. We are obviously seeing now where fund management companies are updating prospectuses that they are taking the opportunity to include perhaps more granular pandemic force majeure or, or, or COVID risk factors. And so they may be uh, relevant to point towards in responding to the central bank. And the central bank raised questions on how COVID-19 has impacted liquidity. And in particular, if a firm has adapted the liquidity risk management framework to new ways of working caused by the pandemic, such as remote working and IT access, could you address the questions raised there? Sure, and, and I think a lot of fund management companies may already be in a cycle of, of regular updates to the central bank on, on things like uh, business continuity uh, and uh, li liquidity management, where depending on their nature, scale and complexity, the central bank has asked them to, to, to check in on a relatively frequent basis to confirm that no issues are arising under those headings. So I think here, Central Bank is asking for details on whether the fund management company has in any way adapted its liquidity risk management framework in response to the, the recent market volatility. So that would mean you know, increased detail or frequency of reporting, has it changed its governance processes, has it introduced any type of uh, additional uh, committee structures to deal with um, market developments, has it in any way amended uh, its liquidity monitoring systems. Uh, and, and specifically, it's asked whether recent market volatility has impacted the number of days required to, to liquidate assets. As we can see, these are very detailed questions, Dara, and we mentioned the need to provide supporting documentation to the central bank. And it might be useful if you could itemize the kind of documents the central bank expects to receive. Sure, Sarah, and I, and I think obviously, kind of repeating, I suppose, what we've covered earlier on in the discussion, I think even for fund management companies that, that have, are not the, the lucky few that have received the questionnaire, I, I think it is, um, it is relevant to kind of consider the document request here in any type of review or updates that they're undertaking of their liquidity risk management framework at the moment. So, so to go through the list, um, the, the documents requested are, are the following. Copies of the last three reports sent to senior management and the board on the effectiveness of the liquidity risk management process copies of any alerts or, or adverse findings by the compliance function 
internal audit, external auditors or the depository in 2018 and 2019 with respect to liquidity risk management. Policies and procedures for either the fund management company's new products committee or where there is none, the policies and procedures for the product design phase together with relevant documentation available regarding the last three users that have been established. Copies of any analysis conducted to comply with CSIRS guidelines in respect of users eligible assets. Copies of the most recent liquidity analysis performed for each asset class. Copies of the most recent liquidity forecasts and one example for each asset class. Copies of the most recent back testing reports in respect of specific asset classes if liquidity back testing is performed. If maintained, lists of any asset classes that require more detailed liquidity analysis and or forecasts given their specific liquidity characteristics, including details on how this list is developed and updated, and which additional liquidity analysis or forecasts are to be carried out in those cases. And if maintained, uh, the negative list that we, we mentioned earlier of eligible assets that the fund will not invest in because of their high liquidity risks, including details on how this list is developed and updated and which additional liquidity analysis and forecasts are to be carried out in those cases. So a, a very detailed and extensive list. Many thanks, Dara. That's a really very detailed run through of those questions. I noticed there's one question that came in, perhaps I wonder if you might help me answer it, Dara. So the question is whether the central bank are going to expand the stage two review to include more fund managers, and if so, do we have a time scale? I think we, it's fair to say that we've only seen a, a, a smattering of these reviews so far, and um, that's not to say that the central bank won't issue them in the coming weeks. But um, it's certainly a far smaller cohort have been asked these questions compared to the stage one questionnaire. Is that right, Dara? I think that I think that's right, Sarah. I mean, obviously difficult to to, to predict, um, and I think the central bank has, you know, when when you look at say CP eighty six and other thematic reviews that it's done recently, in, in some instances it has kind of taken, understandably it has taken kind of bite-sized chunks of work, you know, individual engagement with, with a, a kind of small group of, of managers. So that may well be what is happening here, or this may well be, you know, they may feel they have enough data from the cohort they've selected. So I suppose we'll have to wait and see. I hope you found that discussion useful. As I mentioned at the start of this podcast, the webinar was recorded a few days after the central bank issued its thematic review of liquidity risk management, and things have moved on since then, so Tara is going to mention some of these in particular. Thanks, Sarah, for inviting me to discuss what we've been looking at for our funds in the context of the central bank's review of liquidity risk management since the webinar issued in May 2020. The boards of our Irish fund management company clients approved a liquidity risk management framework document in line with the ESMA guidelines on or before September 2020. As is contemplated by these guidelines, we've seen more detailed reporting on liquidity being presented to boards at the quarterly board meetings. The central bank now also regularly queries how boards have addressed liquidity issues when the monthly reporting from the administrators to the central bank includes details of any redemptions in excess of 5% of the NAV of the fund. Finally, both ESMA and the central bank have now issued findings in relation to the liquidity risk management reviews that they undertook. 
the central bank's letter issued on the 18th of May 2021 and requires Irish fund management companies to critically review their liquidity risk management frameworks, their practices, documents, systems and controls in light of its findings and those of ESMA. The review should be completed and an action plan discussed and approved by boards by the end of quarter four 2021. So we're now working with clients to perform a gap analysis of their current practices against the central bank and ESMA findings with the aim of refining their processes and documents on liquidity risk management by the year end. Many thanks for that update, Tara. And thanks also to our listeners to this podcast today. We hope you found it useful. If you have any questions on anything that we've discussed in this podcast or the webinar, or any particular issue relating to liquidity management, please feel free to contact Tara or me. Once again, thank you for listening and goodbye for now. And please do listen to our next podcast on Irish Investment Limited Partnerships. Mm